This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. We're on the phone today with Dennis Kelleher, who's the founder of Good Culture Kombucha and is just back from the Kombucha Summit in Berlin. Hey, Dennis, how's it going? Hey, Ian. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, well, we met a year ago, and I know Good Culture uh, was kombucha has been a, a regular at that summit uh, in, that happened in Berlin in early November. But you are known, I think, in the industry as the uh, a vendor or the producer of Manakei, which many people will have heard of. For my own clarification, though, I'm also aware that uh, Sebastian Buoro has Mananova Solutions. Can you first of all say what's the, the business relationship between good culture, where you're based, where your market is, and how do people differentiate between you and Mananova? And then we can talk about Manakei. Sure, yeah. We've got a really, really close and tight partnership with Mananova. We're, we're both separate businesses, but you could kind of think of Mananova as the R&D and manufacturing kind of um, part of the business. And good culture is really the, you know, sales, marketing, and global distribution of Manike. Yeah, you say so global. Really, we're, yeah, we're really, we're really, really complementary, right? So they, they, yeah. they're like the experts in the manufacturing, and we're kind of experts in supporting the customers and, and uh, help, yeah. helping kombucha companies, yeah. Yeah, I, you say global, and I saw on your website, it says Dublin, London, Amsterdam, Kentucky. Those are four yeah. places. Are there, is that where you've got sales offices? I, I believe you're... You're based in London, aren't you, yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the southwest of the UK. Um, I work remotely. Um, but um, those locations in just outside London, in Ireland, in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, and in Cincinnati in the US, um, they're where we have all our distribution warehouses. So we've got stock okay. of Manakei and all those locations, and we ship out to all our customers from there. I get it. And for those who don't know, and many in the industry have heard of it, can you quickly give me the the pitch on what is Manakei and what what do uh, what does a kombucha producer how do they use it? Sure, sure. Um, good question. We firstly we've got a, a bunch of different types of Manakei, right? That have like different different tea strengths: green tea, black tea you know, cloudy, uh, more light kind of versions of Manakei. So there's, whole, there's, a whole, um, there's a whole spectrum of Manakei's, you could say. Uh, but at, at its core, um, Manakei is, is just kombucha, you know, just straight up um, organic, um, high-quality kombucha. Um, we started the business about six years ago in partnership with Mananova, kind of out of the recognition that it was just extremely hard for a lot of brands um, to be producing their own kombucha. We saw a lot of uh, really, a lot of quality issues in the market, a lot of brands struggling with consistency, trying to scale up their business, and a lot of them had alcohol problems as well. Um, so instead of um, those brands having to produce their own kombucha, um, they just buy it from us instead. Um, and, you, and then they can they can flavor it, they can sweeten it, and blend it um, in a in a 
we, we say like you can make a thousand different styles of kombucha from using manake in, in lots of different ways. So. Right. And, and as a home brewer, I'm well aware that, and this is what everybody who starts to make kombucha learns quickly, is you need yeah. some kind of starter. I mean, people used to say you need a scoby, but that's the power yeah. call and that's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. And so you say manake is kombucha, but it, it's very... Um, very fully fermented, right? And it, 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 it's yeah. kind of like, is it fair to say it's a super starter? Because I see you've got a, a wonderful uh, downloadable 46-page producer's guide. For those who don't know, you go to goodculturekombucha.com, or one word, goodculturekombucha.com, and you download this producer's guide. And I, I look through it, and it says, okay, you need 2 to 5% manake, 4 to 8% manake. So I'm, mm. I'm used to thinking about 10 to 20% starter, maybe 20% in my yeah. own brew. Yeah. Is that what you're selling is a, like a super starter? Is that correct? Um, kind of. I, I guess the best way to think about Manike is that it's just, it's normal, traditionally, you know, SCOBY brewed organic kombucha. Um, but unlike kombucha that you might make on your kitchen table, we actually just let it, let it ferment for, you know, up to six months naturally, organically, um, nothing weird, nothing, nothing unusual going on with it. And during that like really long fermentation period, um, all of the sugar gets fermented out down to zero and all the alcohol gets fermented out as well. Um, so it gets super clean, super consistent. But also what happens, why it gets this super strong part is that the organic, over that time, the organic acids just keep growing and growing and growing. You know, and the, the kombucha just becomes really, really sour. Um, too sour, too sour to just drink as it is, but you can blend it down. You can um, blend it with sugars, waters, juices, flavors, extracts, and blend it into something that um, you like, you know, or the brands like themselves. And you can actually blend it at different strengths. So you can make something that's like, tastes like super sour and traditional and, and kind of has all that like, Funk, funk to it, but you can also blend it down and use less of it to create something that tastes like maybe a bit more mainstream or a bit more that's like, you know, a much broader like audience is, is going to be, um, is going to like and kind of appeal to as well. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I mean, I've heard it described and, and I have to say some people think of this in a sort of pejorative term. Some people say, mm -hmm. well, you're selling concentrate and people who use Manakea, just developing kombucha from concentrate, sort of implying it's like buying a, an orange extract that you can make orange juice from. But you said you can make thousands of varieties. It's not just kombucha, concentrate, you add water and sell it. It's, it's, it's a, a one ingredient in the craft of creating unique flavored and tasting kombucha across a whole spectrum. That's different producers. Yeah, usually, it, right? It, it really is a, a, a naturally occurring, wild, traditional kombucha. You know, it, it truly, truly is. And um, we don't make any secrets about that. Um, it's just given the perfect environment and perfect recipe to, like, produce consistently and high quality every time. Um, I, we, we, we try not to use the word concentrate. I think concentrate would be an easy way to kind of, like, articulated that you kind of dilute it into something right but like um 
in the juice, maybe the juice world is a good example, when they use the term concentrate, is concentrate means to extract, you know, like water, the water through spray drying or reverse osmosis or some sort of heavy processing, that the water is being extracted from the liquid. Um, mm. we, we don't do anything like that whatsoever. There's no high processing on the kombucha whatsoever. It's just extremely naturally fermented into, right. into the way it is when we, when we ship it out. There's nothing, there's no, there's no additional processing or extraction or concentration of the liquid. It's, right. it's exactly as nature intended. Yeah, that makes sense. The one yeah. question I had, and I see in your guide, your 46-page guide, which was very mm. thorough. I mean, it, it obviously doesn't tell you exactly, because you do run trainings and seminars, I think, to kickstart people using Manakei. But there was mm. one area where I, I kind of did a double take, because it sort of seems to imply you can add Manakei and you don't have to wait any length of time, because I'm used to waiting 7, 10, 14 days to get, from the tea with the starter to kombucha and the more mm. yeah, the, the, yeah there's, there's no, no there's no no there's no there's no fermentation required at all we've we've done all the fermentation like you can think about it that way on our end on us good culture and man and over's end we've done all the all the fermentation for you so when when brands receive you know a thousand liters of Manakei from us. They don't need to brew anything. They don't need to manage scobies, have brewing tanks, figure out how to be fermenters or microbiologists. They literally just blend it with their ingredients into the, into a finished product, and they can make the kombucha in one day. Excellent. Well, it's um, yeah. that certainly meets uh, those spikes in market demands people might get. You know where they're yeah. out. And that's always a challenge, right, with commercial brands. Yeah. Yeah, brands. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We see, we saw so many brands, you know, we've seen so many brands struggle with just trying to produce enough kombucha, keep up with demand and also have like consistency in quality as they grow. And I guess like, um, sometimes we hear the word confidence and we say brands feed batches that they now have the confidence to grow and develop their business further or go after those like retail listings that they just didn't have the confidence to do before because now they, they know their product's solid and reliable and they can scale up on demand. And if they just need to produce more, they just order in Manakei and it gets delivered in a few days and, and away they go. Right. So, so you can yeah. ship from the stations. Now, I want to put you on the spot a little. And, sure. Uh, I saw on Mananova's site there was a list of customers. It says, you know, there's like 20 of them. Um, mm. Brazil, Canada, the Netherlands. You, I think, quite obviously, as a as a commercial decision, you don't produce a list of customers, and and so far, we don't know. As a consumer, it's not maybe it's not necessary, but it's not listed as a made with Manakei. There's no label out there that you're sure. aware of whether. And what, sure. what is the what is the uh, reasoning behind that? Sure. So just. Just to clarify, the, that list of customers you're talking about, they're, they're not necessarily Manakei customers. They, uh, Mananova or Sebastian, you know, has, long before I ever met them, was doing consult, independent consulting for brands. And, um, you know, they're, they're just a long history of people he's worked with or given advice to over the years. Um, when it comes to Manakei and customers, we have over 150 brands 
um, that we supply every month with Medicaid around the world. Um, and we don't publish a single one of those. It's really confidential. We, they, you know, brands don't, brands tell their own story and their own brand story. And, and, uh, you know, we value their, um, we value that and, and we don't share our customer lists and we don't, we don't really promote, promote that. Mm-hmm. So, Right. But people presumably wouldn't. I mean, there are names then in that hundred and fifth. I'm not not asking you to name them. Who who would be well known? Uh, people would sure. recognize. We, you, I I can't really say that, but like I can tell you that we've got some of the largest brands in the world using our mm. beverages or using Manakay. We've got you know some of all, all the way from really large brands down to new small artisanal. Um, emerging brands as well. You know, we supply some of the leading brands in every country across Europe, um, leading brands across America. We do a lot of work in the private label kombucha world um, as well for for large retailers um, that you would hear the names you would know well of. Um, and I guess, like, you know, we started this business six years ago from really, really humble beginnings, you know, um, it was just me and a laptop and a phone, you know, ringing, ringing any kombucha company that would take my call and sending samples out. That, um, I was literally filling in my kitchen sink six years ago, you know, and one by one, just keeping our head down and doing some really, really hard work for, for six years. We've grown it bit by bit by bit. And, you know, we're, we're now supplying 150 brands and um, touch wood, things are going well and we're, we're growing. We're growing a lot. And I think we've really built a reputation for quality and great service and um, our customers are all super happy and they're all growing and it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a testament to the hard work of Mananova and our team and everything we're doing here. So, yeah. That's wonderful. You know, this just to wrap up then, I think you are probably as well positioned as anybody uh, to give at least a a sort of an impressionistic, uh, response to obviously when you started you had one two three four customers now you've got 150 but yeah as as you've added and you presumably they would order more manakeh as they're selling more products and, and and there's some kind of correspondence there uh so in from your perspective how is the kombucha consumption growing worldwide is it is it is it leveling off is it i mean obviously you have to take Kind of the number of brands divided by the volume they're buying and so on. But is your sure. impression that kombucha consumption is doubling every year? Is it flattening out? It was the big growth after the pandemic, or yeah. have you got any we, insights we're, that? We're, see, we're seeing we're seeing growth in the kombucha market, particularly in Europe. You know, we, I guess it's at an earlier stage of growth than in the U.S. Um, you know, as you know, like Spain has had like explosive growth in the last few years, and but we're seeing different levels of growth across different European countries. Um, the UK is kind of steady growth. Ireland, Netherlands, Spain, France is kind of emerging now as well. Finland has been doing well. Um, all going well. And I think the European kombucha market has a really long, good growth ahead of it for, for many years to come. Um, and there's a lot of really great um, amazing emerging brands uh, right across Europe. Um, the U.S. market is is, is slightly different. Um, I think on the traditional side of kombucha, you know, um, the, the big big kombucha brands that 
you would know well in the US, um, have been around for many years now. But um, the, what we see is the kombucha market has structural issues that are kind of stopping it or um, impeding its growth rate right now. I think like the there's a few things. One is the cost of kombucha, of, of these premium brands in the US. A lot of them are kind of at that $4 a serving kind of mark. Um, also, um, a lot of them require 100% refrigeration all the time. You know, I think that really limits their distribution and, and potential to grow as well across different distribution retail channels in the US. Um, so what we're actually seeing is, is um, kind of a, a new wave of more mainstream kombucha products coming to the market across the US. And these are more like, I guess, shelf-stable um, kombuchas that are much like sharper on price and can reach bigger distribution markets, uh, maybe have more accessible flavors, less of a, like a required taste. You know what I mean? Kombucha's kind of like has really been like strongly artisanal for a long time in the US and that's great and you know I drink that every day but I think it's going to to grow to really grow in the next 5 to 10 years it's going to grow it's going to go much more mainstream and, and that's really what we're seeing you know um you know like brands like Remedy Kombucha for instance they're having huge success in the US right now um growing with their um sugar free sugar free shelf stable kombucha uh, those are all points that I think the bottom line is the pie is growing bigger. There's still a lot of uh, there's a lot of variation that's uh, going to emerge in any market as, as it yeah. develops. And um, yeah. it's good to have heard your side of uh, what some people see as a kind of a controversial story, but uh, you're, sure. you sound like you're well established and, and good luck uh, as you can. We're, we're we're still a we're still a small business scene, you know. We're just a small business working hard, keeping our head heads down, like a lot of brands, right? We're just Doing, trying to do a good job every day. So, and, well, uh, good luck as you continue to work hard there, Dennis. Thank you. I <laughs> appreciate that. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.